everyone, we are back. This is the High Up Podcast. We are here with another episode and this is the podcast that is here to help you up to be whoever you want to be, whatever you want to do and wherever you want to go. My name is Ellie Long and I am joined today by Kim. Hello Kim, welcome. Hi. Um, This episode we are going to be chatting about the journey of leaving care and foster care and moving into higher education and the world of work. But before we talk to you properly Kim, we always start with a lucky dip icebreaker question. So this is a random question, um, which is hopefully something completely silly and maybe a little bit embarrassing and a bit stupid. But um, the point is, is that our listeners can just get to know you a little bit more um, and it's something just a little bit fun for us to start with. So could you choose me a number between 1 and 25 and we will see what random question is generated for you? We're going to go for lucky number 18, my date of birth. Cool. So number 18 is, oh, I think this is quite a good one. If you had to sing karaoke, what song would you pick? Oh, my gosh. It's going to be a One Direction song. It has to be <laughs> um, But which one? Oh, it has to be any One Direction. Oh, my God, which One Direction song do I like? I can't remember. Oh, that's really sad. But I know I, I really like One Direction, but I just can't think of a song at the top of my head. Um, oh, gosh. I think Drag Me Down is probably going to be my... Oh, that is a good one. That's a good one, yeah. Cool, good answer. So um, let's start by just chatting a little bit more about you. Um, tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background and growing up. Right. Hi, everyone. My name is Kim Emanike. I am 22 years old. I've just graduated from Loughborough University. I studied international business with a diploma in professional studies. Um, I'm about to start a graduate scheme next week in the civil service doing project delivery. And I guess that's that's me. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> um, and um, you grew up in care, didn't you? That, that's correct. That's correct. I am a care leaver. I left care at the age of 17. And then I officially became a care leaver from 17 up until 22. And then when I turned 23, I'll no longer be a care leaver. What was it that motivated you to go to university? Because I heard a really scary statistic the other day that it's only about 12% of young people who leave care that actually go into university. So what is it that made you think, do you know what, I am going to go and do this? Do you know, to be honest, I'm the only person in my biological family that went to university. So I guess I wanted to be different out of all of my mum and my dad's kids. I was like, you know what, let me go. And I guess when I was living in a hostel, I was around people who were very vulnerable, people who were, had really bad mental health issues, people who were care leavers, people who were just about prison. And I guess I just was like, oh my gosh, I don't want this to be my life. I want to I want better for myself. So I was just like, you know what, I'm going to go to uni because I guess not a lot of young people in care do go to uni. And I think from young, I've always known that I'm very different and very set apart and very motivated and driven so I kind of thought you know what I'm gonna go to uni you're gonna do it and it's amazing because I say you beat the statistic Woo! I beat that do you know what? when I researched it was six percent but I think it's 12 percent including like mature adults that also go to uni leavers yeah 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 so um when I even saw that statistic I was like this is horrendous and I, in my local constituency, I know that not many young people go to um, uni, but I never realised it was a national thing with care leavers. So that's why I was like, oh my gosh, this is really bad. I think sometimes people probably think it happens in areas where there's, um, say, higher poverty or um, in sort of some of the more socially deprived areas of the UK. But actually, it's not. It's nationally, it's a kind of a national challenge facing young definitely, people. Definitely, so. definitely. And I think it's because young people are not really presented with options. I feel like growing up in care, I wasn't really 
pushed to go to university, when I got to around 16, 17, and it's during that transition period, like you have a meeting with your social worker and they're like, oh, so what's your next steps? What do you want to do? And it's so open-ended and it's just like, well, I don't really know. And I guess where I went to a school that kind of pushed everyone's going to uni, I went to sixth form. They literally have that 95% quota where everyone has to go to uni. I was always in that environment of, well, I'm going to go to uni. Why? Because everyone around me is going. But I just feel like with care leavers, we're not really inspired from a young age to go to uni, start a business, do an apprenticeship. It's kind of, you know, take life as it comes. What options do you have? What are you presented with? And I think that's probably the issue because we need to inspire our young people from a lot younger age. We have to encourage them to like push their talents and pursue academia if they're good at school. But a lot of young people in care struggle at school because obviously people come from all different backgrounds. And when they get to um, like school, they struggle to kind of fit in or struggle to keep up with the work and they just fall behind and then uni is not really an option for them. So there's so many different factors. Some of those challenges that you've mentioned, how did you overcome some of those things? Um, I, I read an article that you did, I think it was for the Loughborough Uni page, where you talked about things like just not even having access to Wi-Fi, which just is mad to, I guess, most people listening to this. But yeah, how did you overcome some of that stuff? So with me, like I said, I was living in a hostel from the age of about 17, right up until when I went to uni. And what had happened was, like I said, the hostel had no Wi-Fi whatsoever. So I just went to the library because I was like, that's the only resource I have access to. So like on a school day, I'd get up early around, I'd get to school about 7am in the morning and I'd be using all the resources that I potentially could use. And then after school, I'd go home, eat and I'd run straight to my local library. Like, so we had a, we had the pleasure of going to like a leisure centre library. So it was open right up until 10pm. So my day were literally from seven in the morning, right up until 10pm at night, because I just knew when I was at home, I didn't have access to it. And I felt like all my friends were ahead of me and I was falling behind. So you just had to use the resources that you had. And I just think that social services should be providing Wi-Fi and resources so that these young people can, you know, get their A-levels, get their BTECs, essentially get the qualifications they need to get to uni. It, yeah, and I think it doesn't make it easy when you've got a young person who's really inspired and motivated and they're trying to overcome some of the challenges that being in care has thrown at them and then they can't kind of do some of the, the basic things that I guess other 17 and 18-year-olds have got access to. So... Well done to you for overcoming some of that stuff and not letting it um, get you down because um, I think a lot of the young people that probably would have really struggled. Um, what would your advice be to the young people listening to this podcast for those who um, may find themselves in care or in foster care that are thinking, oh, I really would love to go to uni, but I don't understand how I could get there or I don't get the process or what I need to do? Okay, so I have two answers. I would definitely say utilise your social worker, utilise social media as well. Um, I'd say your social worker should be writing up a, a pathway plan for you when you get to an age of 16. So that essentially is your route of what you plan to do once you leave care. I definitely say utilise people who are at your school and ask them about what your options are. There are so much, there's so many resources and so many options for young people in care to go to university, but you just have to research it, which is really hard. It's a lot of independent work. If you want to go to uni, you will go. Your schools should be pushing you, your PA or your social worker they have so much more information and like knowledge that they can share with you of how you can get there. Like one thing I'll definitely say, it's definitely challenging, but it's doable. If I've done it, and like I said, 6% of the country have done it, I promise you, you can do it. So it's just about like having that conversation with your PA and your foster carers and people that are around you and say, look, I really want to go to uni. Like what's the route? What's the options? How do I get there? Um, that's definitely my first piece of advice. My second piece of advice I'd give is I'm writing a book which should be out next year, which is all about oh, amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> which is about um, the system and about how the 
the options that young people have in terms of whether you want to go to university because you feel like you're academic and you want that degree, or maybe you want to do an apprenticeship or start up your own business. Like it's essentially just providing you with different options that you may not necessarily have known and just different routes and how it how a care leaver can reach those kind of goals. Because I feel like the big issue we have here is there's a lack of information given to us as care leavers. We have to do a lot of independent research. And it's only when I started to write my book, when I started to do research, and I was like, wow, there's so many um, charities, resources, there's so many different things that are out there that we can use to help us with our next steps. Um, I do personally push higher education because I just feel like once you have a degree, no one can take that degree from you. So go for it. But if you're not an academic person or, you know, school's not really your thing, do an apprenticeship. I feel like apprenticeships should be celebrated just as much as higher education and as well as entrepreneurship. Like, I definitely think the three options are three viable options. And I feel like all three lead to success and it all is dependent on the person. So I guess my advice is please do as much research as possible because there is funding, especially with higher education. Your local authority has grants for you, so you don't have to financially struggle. Um, even your university that you may apply to go to also have additional funding. They have, like, you can stay at uni for an entire year. Like, there's just different levels of support that is you're entitled to as a care leaver, but the issue is we don't know about them. So just do as much research and definitely... If you want to reach out to me, I'll put my socials, I'll give it to you, share it, like hit me up on Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever. And I'm always happy to help where I can, but just definitely network with other care leavers, people who've been to uni, like just talk to us because at the end of the day, we've been through the process and we know it better than anyone. So just do your research. Amazing. Thank you. Um, and so how did you settle on studying what you chose to study? Why did you pick that field? So... From a young age, I've always been very business minded. Um, I was running my own business at the age of 16. I had a little cake company. Um, I used to watch a lot of TV. So, you know, Apprentice used to be so big um, back in the day. So I used to watch Apprentice and be like, oh my gosh, I want to do this. So I always did well in business. And I thought, okay, I want to have my own business and I want my business to be international. So international business, boom, founded. I literally did some research and I didn't realise that's an actual degree. So yeah, and that's how I picks my degree it's really random <laughs> no 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 no. it's a good and I think a lot of people that actually go into business um st that stems from things like a watching things like The Apprentice or wanting to run your own business and that kind of side of it I hear that quite uh, quite a lot um and um why did you pick Loughborough you know this is something that I was thinking to myself the other day why Loughborough I feel like um I didn't want to go to a Russell Group uni like from young I've never really believed in grammar schools or Russell Group unis I don't really think it makes a big deal. I don't really care about it. I think at times it's very elitist. And I just feel like someone like myself, I don't know if I would kind of fit in in those kind of environments. So I knew I wanted to go to a good uni that wasn't like heavily focused on academics, where academics were important, but they push other things like extracurricular, sport, and just other ways to develop yourself. So um, yeah, so that's the kind of thing I was looking at. So obviously you look at league tables because you want to go to like a relatively good uni um so that was one thing I did and then I guess I just went to go and see it one day it was just really random I was like you know what I'm gonna go see Loughborough I didn't know anyone there I didn't know much about it I literally went to the campus and I was like this is the university for me like I just they all talk about the student experience I saw their accommodation they were saying um when I went to the like business lecture they were talking about doing placements and their employability rates and I was like wow this sounds like me it just sounds like me. It just it, As much as I did put emphasis on academics, they also pushed personal development and other areas. And I felt like that's very important when it comes to 
uni because I feel like fair enough you get a degree that's important guys get your degree but at the same time what else are you gonna like how else are you gonna value to yourself so for me it was okay I'm gonna get my degree but what else am I also gonna get what kind of student experience am I gonna get what am I gonna learn about myself how am I gonna manage so it was just a range of different things that I was looking at when looking for a university and then Loughborough just happened to be the perfect one for me oh, it clicked <laughs> It literally clicked from the day I got there. I was like, I was on campus for literally 15 minutes. And I was like, nope, I've seen enough. This is my uni. Like I literally put from the student union, from halls, from the different like departments you get to go to. I was just like, this is perfect. And it wasn't too far from home because like the other unis I was looking at was Liverpool. And I was just like, it's too far. I can't do it. from And because I'm from London, I was just thinking, I need a uni where it's relatively in the Midlands. It's easy to get to. It's not too far from home. So yeah. Perfect. Um and so when you got when you got to uni, um I guess lots of other students sometimes have um family close by or they have quite strong support mechanisms. Um how did you kind of cope with settling in and finding your feet and and understanding the whole world and transition, I guess, from um being at school? I'm gonna be honest, that is as a care leaver, that is one of the biggest issues we face, like the that transition and settling in, because obviously it depends on your support network. I always say I have a phenomenal um, support network. Like my best friends and her family are essentially my family. Like they helped me physically move all my stuff to the uni. They were there for my first food shop. But obviously, like I said, uni is a big place. Sometimes you just fall through the cracks and you're just an individual. You're just like, oh my gosh, I don't really know anyone. So for me, I remember the first semester, I really, really struggled because like I said, it's such a huge place. You don't really know anyone. It's just like, oh my gosh, people are on their phone to their parents literally every single day crying. I didn't really have that. So although I had a PA at the time, my PA came to see me like the week I moved in and I did not hear from my PA for the whole year. And that was quite surprising because they're meant to check in on you every six weeks and come see you. I had no contact. She didn't call me. She didn't come see me, like absolutely nothing. So I remember one time I was having a bit of a breakdown, like my mental health at one point deteriorated and I just felt like I had nobody. So I called my pastoral care manager for my secondary school and I literally was crying. I was like, I'm in uni, I need help. Can you help me? And she was like, Kim, I'm physically not there, but I can provide you with some like sessions. But she was like, I need someone on campus so you can go and see. But obviously I was like, I don't know anyone here. I don't know any, um, I don't know the pastoral care team. Like I just don't know anything. So she actually called um, the student wellbeing in my uni and she managed to get me an emergency appointment with the lady that's the head of that department. And then I was able to have like, I think I had like maybe three one-to-ones with her throughout the year. It's what I needed because it was just like, already I feel like I'm the odd one out because I'm at uni and I'm a care leaver. I'm like, no one can really relate. No one can really understand. Majority of people that are there, like normal, not I don't say normal, but you know, the average student that have their parents and have family. So I got support from the student wellbeing team and honestly, it was great. It, it helped with the transition because I had someone to talk to and she was like, okay, you're entitled to this. I can help you here. You can have just a few sessions. And sometimes you just need someone to talk to. And even if they can't help with your academics, they can just, you can offload and speak to them about your experience. And yeah, so it was, it was nice. That's something that really helped. Good. And I think that's really important for people to hear that there are people out there that are there to help you and support you. It's just being able to identify the right people at the right time. Definitely. And I think student wellbeing and inclusion, that department, they are, well, for my uni anyways, they are absolutely great. There are people, there are counsellors, there's mental health advisors. There is so many things and resources that you have at uni, but it's the issue is people don't know about it. And because obviously once you come into a new environment, it's a new area, you've got a degree, you've got lecturers, you just, you're trying to find yourself. It's just, it's easy to get lost and 
overwhelmed. So I'll definitely say, please do research beforehand, send some emails, make yourself known on campus, like get involved with these departments because that's why they're there. They're there to help with your wellbeing and inclusion. So just definitely reach out to people. And how did you kind of stop yourself comparing yourself to the other students that were there who might have had kind of family supporting them or might have had other um, opportunities or the funding behind them or whatever it might have been? How did you kind of go, do you know what, I'm not going to let this knock my confidence and I'm going to keep going? That's definitely a hard question because I feel like all your life as a care leaver or some a young person in care, you always do it. It's always like, oh, you've got family, you've got this. You always realise that you're different, but you've just got to remember that your journey is different. Everything about you is separate. And it doesn't mean that you're behind or whatever. It just means the way you may do things and access things are a bit different. And it may mean you also get additional um, access to resources. So rather than using it as I'm comparing, I, would, I personally like to use it to motivate me and be like, okay, look, I'm doing this by myself. I'm very self-determined. So I'm just like, I want to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to let the fact that I don't have X, Y, Z stop me from achieving my goals. Um, I just see that our roots are a bit different in life. But if you want to be successful, you will be successful. Just because someone may have all of these additional things that you don't have doesn't necessarily mean anything. Because when it comes to your own mental health, so many people have all the help, all the money, all like everything, and they're still having really bad mental health issues. So it's, I would definitely say take your focus of looking at other people and focus on yourself and utilise what you do have. Because I feel like when you look at other people's journeys and what other people have, you miss what you have and you forget that you can do it. You've got the resources, you've got a network, you've got people who want to help. So it's not so much about worrying about others, just focus on yourself, that same energy you have, invest it in yourself and honestly, you'll go so far. So that's how I tend to look at things. I think that's really good advice. And I always think sometimes young people who have been through care or who've been through different kind of challenges or adversity show some amazing skills in terms of resilience and determination and drive because they've had to push themselves or they've had to achieve things in such complicated ways or go through such complex situations from such a young age that actually they, they come out of some of this experience being far much more well-rounded um, than people that might not, might have kind of always been looked after by mum and dad. And you know what it is? It makes you, like you said, you're resilient, you're tenacious. And when you go into interviews, this is what they love. They, they'll tell me, they'll say stuff like, tell me about a time when you had to be resilient. Well, being a care leaver and putting yourself through uni and doing everything on your own, that definitely demonstrates resilience. And that's something that most people wouldn't have been able to do. But it's something that because you didn't have a choice, you did it and you managed to get through it. So I'll definitely say agree with you there. Say it makes you more well-rounded. In the day, I think employers love it and it makes you different. And I feel like being different in society is a great thing. Why would we all want to be the same? Like everyone's different. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. So, yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Tell me a bit more about your graduate programme. What's what's all that about? Um, it's super, super exciting. Thank you. Um, so it's the civil service, which is a subsidiary of the government. Um, for me, like I said, I've always been business minded, but I've always secretly loved politics. So I did politics at A-level and I hated learning it. But then, no, I hated sitting the exam for it, but I absolutely loved learning it. And then ever since then, I've always kind of been involved with the Labour Party and just involved in what's going on, whether it's Brexit, whether it's this, what's the government doing. So for me, when it came to a graduate role, I was like, I like politics, but I don't know if I want to work in politics but I like it. I wouldn't be around it. I like the whole idea of commercial awareness and just being and knowing what was going on around me. But then I've always had a passion for business. So I thought business, politics, merged together, made the civil service. So I'm doing a business role within politics. So I'm around politics, but my role necessarily is business orientated. 
So it's essentially just working on like government initiative and projects. Um, that's as much as I really know about it. Quite simple, but um, yeah, so that's what it is. And I feel like for me, project management is something that I did a little bit of at uni. So when I was at uni, I was on the African Caribbean Society and I was a social events manager. So my role was essentially project managing events. And I really loved the, the thrill of taking something from a concept and delivering it into reality. And just working with different people, working with the finance team, working with like someone who's the secretary, you just become, it's an excitement. It's a thrill. And I feel like that's what I like. And I feel like with project management, you get to work on so many different government projects over the next four years that I'm not stuck in one team doing the same thing all day, every day. It's just differentiation each year and each project you work on. So that's my understanding of it. Hopefully that's what it is because... I mean, it for four years, but yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you will love it um, and be absolutely brilliant at it. Um, did you think, if you think back to when you were seven or eight, or even when you were doing your GCSEs or whatever, did you think you would be where you are today? Do you know what? Honestly, no. I feel like with me, I, I didn't think I'd be doing what I do now or just being involved in as much as I'm involved now. Because I think, I feel like when I was younger, um, I went through quite a traumatic experience in care, which had an impact on my behaviour and how I was at school. Because I think by the time I got to year 10, I was kicked out of school. Like I didn't even make it. And then it's only because my pastoral care manager really believed in me and fought for me to stay in school that, and that's when I started to develop this idea of being an advocate and campaigning for change because it took someone to believe in me. So if I'm going to be entirely honest, if I look back to when I was like 11, 12, completely now, I would never think I'd be the kid I am today. I think I've definitely come a long way, but I don't regret anything about my past because it's made me who I am today. So, yeah, if I'm honest, no, I don't think I would have been in this place. Like, even so, to this date, I'm still surprised I am where I am. I'm just like, wow, you've come a long way. <laughs> you've worked really hard and you should be really proud of yourself. And I think all care leavers should be really proud of themselves for what they've achieved and for getting through the next stages of life because it's not easy and it's not easy when you're trying to sometimes do it by yourself honestly honestly but you know what it's just about I'm a big believer in in your mindset if you want to do something you will do it if you want to break barriers you will break them I don't feel like just because you're a care leaver that you should see yourself as disadvantaged I feel like you should see yourself as unique and you should celebrate yourself because like you said you've come a mighty long way some people come from really broken homes like really broken homes and the fact that they're still alive and they're still going and they're, whether they're pursuing academia or whether they're pursuing an entrepreneurism or an apprenticeship, that they're still getting through it. Because so many people give up. So even if you're in it and you feel like, oh, where am I going to get to? Just keep being tenacious and keep going. It will lead to somewhere. If you want to be successful, you will be successful. It's how you define success and what it is to you. Yeah. And I th it's quite interesting. Quite a lot of people who have been on the podcast for various different reasons talking about various different different topics have all said success is very personal and success is about what you want to make it so don't look at someone else and think oh because they succeeded in that I have to mirror what they did it's, it's what the goals are you want to set yourself honestly honestly because for some people like just finishing school is success some people it could be you went to uni or it could be anything absolutely some people it's oh I'm married and I have kids and I can't like some people are more materialistic some people says oh I want to make sure there's change like everyone is different like no no two people are the same so I definitely say write down what you think success is and you just go for it and just don't stop till you get there and use all the people that are around you and your network and one thing I'll definitely stress is networking is so important. Networking is key. Like reach out to people who may be that success or within that realm. And I'm sure they'll be happy to mentorship you to get there. I think success is in the eye of the beholder. It's all down to you.
Yeah, no, definitely. I think that's such an important message for anyone to hear from whatever background they're from. Um, before we move on to the kind of final super exciting last question, um, is there anything else you want to say to the young people listening, whether they be from care or foster care or just um, anyone that, that's engaged with the higher podcast? I doesn't say, but the fact that you're already engaged in this podcast is a big thing. It's showing that you want to be successful you want to reach goals you want to access either higher learning or an apprenticeship or whatever just keep going because I feel like sometimes especially being in a pandemic things right now are not looking great but you just need to remain positive and have that mindset of I want to win I want to achieve I want to and go for it I'll definitely say don't worry about what other people are doing like everyone's journey is completely different and completely separate everyone's got different goals it may be every it may look because one thing I always struggle with is I feel like everyone's running a business and I'm not that's fine I decided that I want to campaign for the rights of young people that are in care. And that's what success is to me. Whereas someone else is making 100K. Like everyone's level of success is different. Just do what you're passionate about. I'd say if you are passionate about YouTube, go and be the best YouTuber in the world. If you're passionate about dancing, be the best dancer in the world. Like honestly, no matter what it is your passions are, go for it. If you're creative, absolutely amazing. If you're an academic, great. I would love to be an academic. Like whatever it is and whatever separates you from everyone else, stick with it, celebrate it and go for it. Because honestly, success is so different to all of us. Uh, just do it. Don't worry about what others are doing. Worry about yourself and you'll make it, in my opinion. <laughs> Perfect. And that is a fantastic message to end on. Before we finish though, we have the super exciting last question. So we always end by asking our guests a typical interview question. And the idea is, is that these are, so you can give some top tips on how you would answer it for our listeners who may be preparing for graduate um, assessment centres or apprenticeships or whatever it might be. Um, you've already got the job at the civil service, so don't worry. <laughs> um, so the question for you is, um, how would you answer or what would you be your top tips when answering the question? Tell me about something you've taught yourself and how you went about doing this. Wow. Um, there's a technique that um, employers love that people use, which is called STAR. Yeah. Um, I definitely recommend the STAR method. Um, if I remember, I don't really remember it off head, but if I ever do, I'll send it to you guys. But it's really where you have a situation, a task, and you essentially like break down each step. So I'd say, I'd definitely say with a question like that, you have to give, a, a, give an example or a situation of where you've demonstrated that or how, whatever it is, and then follow that technique. Could you repeat the question? Um, tell me about something you've taught yourself and how you went about doing this. Um, okay, so I'll say, like I said, use the STAR method. And then I'll give real life examples. So obviously this is about yourself. And because it's about yourself, it's very personal. Give an example in your life of what you may have learned. So for me, it could have been, I've learned how to represent people who don't have a voice. That could be the example of what I've taught myself. But I'll definitely give relevant um, examples and explain it because I'd say um, someone that's, interview doesn't know you from anywhere so the more you give them it gives them they get a better understanding and idea of who you are so just make sure you give relevant examples and explain it because sometimes in your head it's one thing but they don't understand that because they're not in your head so just explain it to the best of your ability and just give as many examples as possible so that brings us to the end but thank you so much oh, Kim. thank um, you reiterate <laughs> your positive messages you really can achieve whatever you put your mind to and success is not defined um, you can define your own success. So thank you for being so open and honest. You should be so proud of yourself for what you've achieved. Um, your tenacity and drive and ambition is commendable. So really well done. Um, 
This has been another episode of the High Up Podcast. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to hear more, please check out our other podcast episodes. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at highup.podcast. Comment, like, share, rate us. We'd love to hear all your feedback. Finally, thank you again so much, Kim. It's been lovely chatting to you. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Everyone listen, make sure you're liking, subscribing and sharing with your friends. (laughs) No, honestly, thank you so much for having me and just giving me the opportunity to share my story, like, yeah, I hope I inspire somebody because you know what it is? Like being a care leader is not easy as it is. So even if you can change the life of one person and inspire that one person to either turn away from crime or turn away from the statistics that they want you to be and you do something great, then that's one person's life you've changed. So I'm just happy to share my story. And if it inspires you, great, run with it. But thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks everyone who has made this episode possible. Acknowledgements are in our podcast description. Have a look at us on social media and look out for our next episode coming soon.